take three, take two sucked. First one. Yeah. Break it up. Yo, I break it up and spit it like tobacco in right fields. I'm acting like a savage and exploding like minefields. So much aggression and expression of minefields. Like fighting for my life, a rap attacker with mic skills. The time is critical and ticking like time bombs. My offense is pivotal, my lyrics will bear arms. My defense is evident, I block and I jab back, duck and attack and smack him with the back of my left hand. Just like a horror movie. Moment you ran into me, an evil spirit, you hear it, and now you'll never lose me. Call it some braggadocious magic like hocus pocus. Tiger fist with a little bit of the dragon lotus. Who needs a bodyguard? I'll hit your body hard. 55 hit combo to split your phony squad. Thinking faster than brain matter can spark a thought. Plan a suggestion, inception before the script was bought. Battle with axes and hammers and bullets blazing. Call it amazing the way I'm raiding your masquerade. Yo, that my man? what up, what up, how you doing? Good brother, how you doing? Very good, just finished dinner. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. This is Chris. Okay. What up my man? You know who this is. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on dude? Everything, everything. Good, good, good to hear you. Yes indeed. Um. So what's going on today? I'm glad you were able to link up with Brian. You know, he's been using your song as a theme song, an intro for the podcast. Yeah, I uh, I was really excited to, to share it. So has everybody liked it so far? Did you get any feedback? Yeah. Uh, everyone yeah, that, love it. that has pretty much been on the podcast or part of the podcast has loved the song. So, And I also use your second verse as the outro. Sweet, 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 sweet. Yeah, that's been the most popular song on the album. I, um, it seems like I just released it yesterday, but it, it was, you know, like, was it early, um, 2019 when I finished up season one? Yep. Yeah. So now I've got to start uh, producing music for season two. Yeah. Now, uh, do you have anything big planned for your, your season two on the, the YouTube series? Um, well, I mean, it's all big to me considering I, I do every like all the jobs by myself so every everything seems like a pretty big undertaking but really, at, at this point hmm? i was just gonna say it really is man you you put a lot of work into that show uh, a lot of detail um it shows you know the, the care and the process actually come it shines through in the final product i hope so it really you know, does I, man. When I, I thought a lot about what i i guess you know, I, I go to YouTube for tutorial stuff, you know, just to learn how to do something. Like, I, I learned a lot of what I know about making beer by watching YouTube tutorials, you know, while I was waiting and, and learning, like, waiting for all my gear to come in. And that's kind of the way I am. Like, if I, if I get interested in something, I'll just consume as much information as I possibly can. And with um, that show, it was like, it was the culmination of years and years of, of work and me just learning things that I thought were kind of pointless skills and then we kind of find out they all come together for one purpose at the end. Now, two questions. Uh, how is your beer making going? <laughs> uh, pretty good right now. Actually, I'm making some mead right now. Um, awesome. Do you have any other flavors besides the mead or is it you're doing just a, like a mead style beer? No, this is mead. It's just mead. It's the first time I've tried to make mead. But okay. as far as beer, I, I made a, a stout, uh, a few months ago that I still have. It's pretty good. Ooh, I like, do um, love me some stouts. I, you know, I don't have a barrel, but I have, you can get like wood 
chunks that have been that were like parts of a barrel before and you can use that to give some flavor yeah yeah so it's kind of like a, a wine barrel stout um the hell that i try to do with this one I taste a lot of the wood in it, much more than I probably would have desired. So next time yeah. I'll kind of have to scale it back a bit. But I, I, I was just going to ask if the wood flavor was kind of like a, a desired effect because I know some meads and alcohols and things, that's, some, that's something they, they typically look to go for. I think so. You know, um, I, I've, I've never quite ma- – I haven't quite mastered it yet. I don't think I'm very good at making the um, – the, uh, like the – the bourbon barrel age or any barrel age beer, it all kind of like ends up tasting too much like wood. So I got to figure out the, uh, the process for that. For sure. But you know, have you had any major disasters? Yeah. Well, yeah. Like when you first learn how to make beer, I, I I probably threw out the first three or four batches, which is hurts because it's like, you know, you spend all this time making it and waiting for it. And then it just sucks when it's done. And if if it isn't very good, You've wasted a lot of time and money yeah, for something yeah. you threw down the drain. You know, each batch of beer probably costs like you know, sixty bucks. Oh wow! It's wow. Not, not necessarily cheaper to make it. It's just you know you can make the beer that you want and try something different. Are, are you doing anything fancy like something like nitro infused, or are you just kind of keeping it simple right now? I have to keep it simple right now. Um, I don't have kegs, but I would oh. love to do nitro infused. I'm like, I literally just opened up a Guinness right now. So cheers, cheers to that. Hold on, I'm about to grab a drink myself. Got to be, uh, I know that the audience can't uh, see us drinking this, but you know, in yeah. spirit, they should know that we're, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're, we're I have a nice, uh, Czech Pilsner from Moat Mountain. Nice. I have a nice I, uh, Heineken zero because I'm driving later. Yep. I'm drinking a country hard oh. seltzer, just uh, something light to start off with, but I have a, uh, I have a uh, Mike's Heineken, Pastry Cannoli Stout that's waiting for me. What's that about Heineken Zero? I like the Heineken Zero. I thought it, I, like every time I've had a non-alcoholic beer, it just tastes it tastes too sweet or it doesn't taste like beer. The Heineken Zero is really really tasty. Yeah, this, good, actually. this has been the best one. I mean, I've tried them all. I even tried Coors. Like Coors had a non-alcoholic, and it was water. I, I there was nothing yeah, to yeah. it. I just tried to make a, a black and tan and forgot which side, which is the black or the tan side. So I completely <laughs> fucked it up. <laughs> hey, it all goes one place anyways. Cheers. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. I'm going to wait for this foam to die down before I can take a sip. But... And now uh, my, my second question was back to, you know, your YouTube series. Now, how do you come up with uh, your, your characters there? Uh, so... The first season was was is kind of like a mistake. I, I it's strange. Like a lot of things in my entertainment career, it kind of happened by coincidence. Like my name Poeticon is a, is a typo from my the original email address I tried to create, and um, the show kind of was a result of me trying to get. Um, I was trying to work with uh, an artist, uh, a rapper named Logic, with this. Um, with this uh, production that hit record, which is a, it's like a open source collaborative community that makes, it's like a production company, but it's open source. That's, that's the one that's run. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. That's the one that's run by Joe Gordon Levitt, right? Yes. Yes, absolutely. And I've been, I've been a a contributing uh, kind of member of that community for seven years now. And that collaboration came along and, 
you know, I'm a rapper, so I put a lot of my heart and soul into that. And uh, long story short, we got all the way, I got all the way to the top five. And I was told like, hey, man, uh, wait for this call. You know, Joe and, and Lodge are going to call you to, uh, to discuss the final steps. And I waited. And, you know, two hours later, all I get was this text message from their assistant, like, hey, they went in a different direction. And I felt really salty about that, especially after years of, of yeah, working of, for them. Especially when they tell you to kind of, you know, wait and almost like hype it like it's going to happen and it's coming. And then you get, you know, an assistant. Yeah, it, it's done. But so, you know, I'm a, I'm a stubborn and willful person. And when I got that news, I was like, all right, well, fuck you guys. I'll do it myself. Yeah, and in, so, in that moment, tenacity is key, right? It, it, you know, yeah. no matter what, you're going to feel bad. It's just natural human reaction, but it's just like what comes next is what kind of defines you, right? To keep that tenacity and to keep hitting it hard, and to, and you know, you should you know, fuck them. I'm going to do it myself. That's like that's admirable, you know. Well, I you know, this is something that I've always wanted, and I thought hit record would be a. a an avenue for that. And to some extent, I think it has been, and it can be for myself or for others. But when you, when you get involved with hit record, you'll be given lots of opportunities and the ability to work with tons of really cool people, but you'll always be working on someone else's project. You know, like at least the majority of the time, there's plenty of stories of, of artists who have contributed something. And then all of a sudden the community picks it up and it becomes a big thing, but that doesn't happen very often. And I just knew that I have all these ideas that I wanted to work on and create. And so I started the show at the time, like when episode zero came out, even episode one, I think you can kind of tell, like I was still figuring out, I had no, no freaking clue what I was going to do. And the puppet came about in episode one, I think, or episode two, as I, they were sitting around and I kept using them as a stand in so I could focus the camera on where I was going to be. I decided I was like, shit, I might as well just put the puppets in. And um, I definitely love the uh, the idea of the introduction of the puppets. Uh, personally, um, it also gave you almost like a audience to talk to. Yes, um, and so season season two has five puppets this year instead of Ooh. two. Ooh, that's great! Um, Are the- I wanted to to bring more personalities into it and more honestly, like a lot of my friends wanted to be characters and. You know, I'm I'm not a pro, and most of the people I don't work with, I work with aren't pros. It's more fun that way. So yeah. I, I wanted to create more characters for my friends to play. Bro, if you ever need a voice for a puppet, I would love, love, love to do that for you. I think all three of us would love to be a puppet. <laughs> I would be happy to do that. In yeah. fact, so I've, oh, got, I've written, I've written almost all of season two, and because I'm not a pro and I can't really cast things, I have to work with the pool of my friends. And so I've been, you know, periodically checking in to see who might be interested in helping in some capacity. And a lot of people are interested in doing voice work. Um, I have Gin and Tonic, who the original characters. That's me and my friend um, Alex uh, McCann, who plays Tonic. And he's going to stick around. And then the new characters are Lloyd, the bartender, who at his inception was based around Lloyd, the bartender from The Shining. Oh, oh, I nice. love that. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and we have uh, Panda. She's uh, she's a producer, so she's kind of like the she runs the show in season two, and she's the person who I always go to to hire talent and to set up, um, you know, basically run the show. And so the, some of the running gags throughout the show is that I'm I'm broke. I don't really have any money, and so to to earn the the money to pay for artists or for beats, uh, I have to like. 
have to do these ridiculous commercials that pay next to nothing. <laughs> I've got to sell a bunch of my comic books and my and my memorabilia and stuff like that. So it's like you'll be seeing a lot of my memorabilia just kind of walking out the door by the end of the season because that's all I could use to pay the, the guests <laughs> and performance. That's a bummer too because you did a really good job of decorating your set with all the great memorabilia in the background yeah. and things of that nature. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he even went as far as featuring uh, my cover uh, that I did with his brother uh, for my comic Sartano. Yes. Oh, that's know, awesome. Which yeah. I'm going to keep trying to do, by the way. I'm sli- like slyly trying to sneak those things into the background of more episodes. But right now, I'm still I'm working with Hit Record again uh, on the um, so that movie Project Power it comes out tomorrow on Netflix with Jamie Foxx. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Uh, they're they're making a song for that soundtrack, and it's a hip hop song. So I've been working closely with them trying to to get you know lyrics into that song and I again I, I feel like I'm pretty close but it's still a few days left so I'm that's really very exciting news but yeah. when I filmed my shot uh, I had your Sartana comic <laughs> on my next to my microphone so that people could see it while I was filming oh dude that is so that's, awesome that's I love awesome. that thank you for doing that you're welcome I'm gonna keep doing that I'll, I'll just get wherever I can feature your stories and, and artwork it's gonna going to be quietly in the background waiting for people to see. well I, I greatly appreciate that i mean not only does it benefit me it benefits kind of like putting an exposure to the indie community i mean yeah. your brother did my covers your brother does almost all my covers um you know mark alvarado find hijinks on twitter just to give him a quick shout out but um <laughs> uh, i do i love that thank you for featuring us and thank you for being like kind of a, a um an avenger for the indie guys in that regard it's it- it's also for like it's nerd culture, you know. That people ask me what's my ultimate goal with the show. It's you know I want to be on stage in Hall H at Comic Con, and that that's my audience. You yeah, know, yeah. yeah, buddy. I think all three of us here in this room all have that dream. Yes. Yeah, for my real. dream is actually just sitting in that room. <laughs> I don't have to be in the dais. I just want to be sitting. I want to produce it's a lot that room. Now, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I'd love to eventually make my way into the... Uh, so when you're going to Hall H, at the very front of the venue, off to the right of the stage, is like a little pit full of photographers and journalists. They get to yep. talk to the celebrities and stuff as they walk off the stage. I'd love to get some movie preview people in that pit. Oh, That's yeah. kind of one of my yeah. all-time you know dreams for that. Yeah. I got to try to use my... So is I work for Getty Images. It would be really cool if I could pull some strings and like have a jur- get a journalist pass one year. Oh, that, would, I don't think that I would be... Dope, man. How bad are you missing Comic-Con this year, huh? Uh, pretty badly. I, you know, I, it's always kind of a, I'm always torn as to whether I can go because, you know, my, my wife doesn't, she's not really big into comic books and stuff like that. And my son is too young. And so it's kind of one of those things where I always kind of have to leave her alone for it. And um, at, when it gets close, I'm always like, you know what? I just, I just want to go. There's the trip that I look forward to most every single year. And um, I was torn this year. And then I was finally, I was like, hey, I think it was in April. Mark said that he had gotten another pass that he could get me. I was like, yeah, just give me, give it to me. I'm going. Dope. And then March comes around and it's like, hey, COVID's here. Fuck, fuck you all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I, I, so like, the, like specifically for me this year, I had such like a, a year lined up for shows. I was going to really hit, try to hit it hard. Uh, I started off the year strong going to C2E2 in Chicago. And then, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in May, I was supposed to do one of the biggest conventions to come to Boston, Ace, Ace Universe. Yeah. And uh, after that, it just, you know, COVID popped and the whole thing went to shit. 
Yeah, yep. even yep. Uh, with you know, the same thing with my shows, because I was going to promote all of you guys at the same thing at the same time. It fucked us all up. So, like, yep. sp- speaking of COVID, uh, um, like, so you're very creative, like a very creative mind. Did you find when COVID hit, did you did you take, like, a creative uh, hit? Did you, did you feel like you were a little, like, creatively blocked during the midst of I that? I did. I think a it lot did, of creators did, and they, yeah. they didn't really talk about it. People kind of just kind of... Yeah, I think all three of us kind of at this table kind of felt that same way. I don't... I think it was because for, you know, I'm in, in the realm of useful human skills for survival, you know, making music and entertaining people just really isn't high on the list. And for a moment, I just started thinking like, dude, what the hell is going on with not just our country, but where's humanity going? And I started to think, and I know this maybe seems crass, but it's like, dude, is, is it even worth it anymore? If if, if this is everyone's going to get fucked by this virus and the way that society's crumbling, like I, I took a step back. I thought like maybe I should refocus and prioritize. And you know, I just I think I, I realized you know the world's still going to keep on ticking, and I would I can't just stop doing this so look all the work i put in all the people that i've connected with that yeah. want this shit happen i can't just i can't just stop i've got to pick it up it's my yeah. responsibility now and you know you not stopping too is kind of showing you know how strong you are to keep going even through everything that's going on to keep doing um you know the music to keep putting out you know your videos it, it just shows you know how strong you are as a person it's extremely impressive i mean I do like for me, I do a silly little podcast about the Disney parks. That's, that's what I'm obsessed with. I love the Disney parks. Once they closed, I hit like a depression for three months and I didn't release a single episode. I'm like, what the hell am I going to talk about? They're all closed. It's now I'm starting to realize like, you know, I always used to look forward to Tuesdays because Tuesdays is when new movies come out on DVD, you know, as a collector. And so, um, now I started, I look, I started looking on like on Apple TV or, you know, any of those per, paid for sites. And I started realizing, like, you know, that's why Hollywood was so scared. Cause like, there's just, the movies aren't coming out. You know, like they're really much new that you can go to. So you can see that they're, they're highly advertising all the old stuff in their archives and trying to use like, let's push, remember the Titans. Cause people are thinking about racism now. It's like, I still want some new content, man. Yeah, real, <laughs> I, I think it just—it was so telling to see how unprepared Hollywood and everybody were when the things popped off. You know, it's like, it's particularly Marvel. I mean, they had everything mapped out and laid out by this time. If COVID didn't happen, we'd already be well deep into Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We would have already had Black Widow. Yeah, and now Which they're scrambling awesome. to figure things out. Yep. Yeah, it was going to take a massive loss trying to bring it to streaming. Like, what did, what did they do with, um, there's a movie that just, that came out recently. Oh, um, Mulan. Mulan. Right? $30. Yeah. 30 bucks. Even if you subscribe, you still pay 30 bucks. Yeah. So, so actually about that, that Mulan better not be thing. a rental. I better own that shit. Yeah, yeah. So about that Mulan thing though, I, I actually broke it. I got into a little thing on Twitter with, uh, Buddy Sclera. I don't know if any guy, anybody remembers Buddy Sclera, but he was, a uh, he's a comic creator and he was a heavy hitter at Wizard Magazine. Uh, he mentioned how, you know, the $30 price tag for Mulan or potentially for Black Widow is really steep. And then I thought about it. I was like, well, wait, break it down. Your average household is maybe four people, right? Two yep. parents, two kids, yep. right? Two parents, two and a half kids. 
That if, poor half kid. If you break, I, I see where you're going. With this. Yeah, yeah. But if you break down the, the 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 four people, if you were to go to the theater, like if you break down the thirty dollar price tag plus the month of Disney Plus subscription that you'd own, it averages it out to about nine fifty a person to make this really pricey thirty dollar rental. However, yeah, there's like while four person household might be kind of your average, it's not the majority. Some people right. are just solo. They're not going to, you know, a single individual will probably not pay 30 bucks to see that movie no. over, like, say, a family of four. I wonder what that four. demographic is for Disney, being it's like a, a platform known for family content. Right, yeah. And, well, and they broke the 60 million subscribership mark recently. So uh, yeah. my question they're, they're is... They're not hurting for money. They're gonna, they own the, the damn planet. So the other, thing, the other thing about that subscription number, the, so what they said was is uh, they hit their five-year projection in under a year as far as subscribers go. But we also have to remember that they opted to include every person who's got a Verizon subscription. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's oh, a yeah. lot membership. of those kind of they, package they deals. Assimilated customers. Right, so, like, say, for example, when those promos, especially a year from now, or, you know, whenever the year is, in November, basically, when that launched, in November, I'd be curious to see what the numbers are. Yeah. And then I'd be even more curious to see what the numbers are after the three-year mark where they had that initial bundle that a lot of people bought into. Yeah, because I've got a three-year. And there I, will be a, a decline? Oh, I think yeah, they're, for I sure. So. They're, I mean, unless they're really bringing, like, the content to the table. Like, I mean, look, I was even telling Chris the last time we had a podcast, I go, sell me on Disney Plus right now. I couldn't. And you couldn't. Because, I, I mean, how many times can you watch The Mandalorian over? It's a great series, but, I mean, it's only got so much replay value. But we're not getting those Marvel no, series. No, no, the Mandalorian, the Mandalorian, as much as I like, I was excited to watch every episode, nothing really happened in that show. So it had zero replay value in my opinion. Right, yeah. Um, but the you know the things that got me excited about Disney Plus was like shows like Gargoyles and Darkwing Duck and and all that stuff for yeah. nostalgia's sake. It was nice revisiting all the '90s Marvel cartoons too. Mm. '90s oh, X Men yeah. was like my jam, and just to be able to see that casually streaming is awesome. You know what show I miss and I haven't seen and I don't know where it'll ever come back is um, Mighty Max. Mighty Max. That show with the that teleported the kid that had the hat that went yeah. jumped yeah, yeah. dimensions. I, I remember had, that. I remember that too. Yeah, that, vaguely. But was that was that a Disney thing though? I forget. I don't know. I don't think. I don't know if it was Disney. That's. I don't know where it came from. Was I it on the WB? Used to run home to watch that show. Yeah, Mighty Mark Max. I, I, think, I think it might have been the WB. It was one of those shows that was based on a, a toy. Like, I think it was a toy before it was a cartoon. Yeah, they were like the pocket-sized toys, right? They were like small. Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 I remember that. I, remember, I do actually remember that specifically. Uh, it, yeah, it was a toy, and the, I'm looking it up now. I guess it was a British it was like toy. Micro-machines almost. Yeah, yeah. Well, or like like the, the boy equivalent of like a Polly Pocket, right? Yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. Yes. I just remember like um, it, it, was, it was on early in the morning. So like Mark and I would be up getting ready for school it'd be like five in the morning and we'd, we'd still be able to watch it like i think it came on like five thirty or 6 or something like that so it was like the one show we could watch before he had to go to school yeah and there, it's listed as a syndicated so it didn't actually have a home like to disney or to nickelodeon oh so it wasn't particularly a n- under you know naturally a disney show it right. was just kind of like you know it lived on this network exactly anyone, yes. anyone could come in and buy it so there yeah. was actually so disney xd 
when I was watching the Avengers cartoons before the movies came out regularly, there was also another show on there called Motor City. And it was like this like post-apocalyptic like drag racing kind of show. Like and, and, like they would like build these muscle cars and it was kind of like Fast and the Furious, but it was so sci-fi, it like made it way cooler. And like yeah. I'm dying for that to come on Disney Plus. And I think that's kind of like where something like Disney Plus can excel is if they take the, some of the more obscure stuff that people have fond memories for and kind of give it a new platform and a new life. Yeah. That's kind of like part of the value of the subscription itself. More so than yeah, which which they they've done, I think they've done quite a bit of with all the old cartoons. But well, like what, you said, gargoyles, right? Yeah, which was awesome for me. It would I, be. I wonder why some some properties it, it would appear that you, they've given you all of the content, but they didn't. Like if you look at the Muppets, like they're missing Muppets Tonight. They're missing several of the movies. They're missing like, the original is, Muppet Show. I've been waiting for the original Muppet Show from the seventies forever, yep. and they still haven't put that out yet. Well, that's because it was on CBS it, originally, right? Wasn't yeah, but they own they own the Muppets property now because they have the Muppet Movie and the Great Muppet Caper, which came out before Disney bought that property. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Muppet Show should still be available. But I wonder if which it's because the, of broadcast. Which is the better rates. property of them all? It's. Yeah. It was like the Simpsons of its time. It was that campy Mark Hamill and well, like all of those guests of the seventies. It was it was cool to see Blondie come on and talk to Kermit the Frog and yep. you know, Piggy yep. and all that. You know what I mean? It was cool. Yep. Pigs in space, like it was like SNL with yep. Muppets. You know, it was great. Right. And the and the and they got into some shit though. The Rolf, they have a skit because I watch season one a lot because my son Miles is into it right now. And there's there's a skit with Doctor Doctor Bob the when Rolf plays the like that surgeon. And he has like a, a, a different puppet on each side, and there's like some patient on the table, and Rolf is like sniffing, laughing gas throughout the. Episode. <laughs> that is like, great. How is it getting away with this dog doing so much drugs on on camera for a kids show? Seventies, I guess it's not a kids show. Seventies. Yeah. So I I think, but you know what though, that happens now too, or it happened kind of in like so. If I think back to Ren and Stimpy. That was very much an oh, adult yeah. themed show, but it yep. was aimed directly at kids. Um, there's two shows now that I, I I've actually I was, I was kind of shocked. One of them's called We Bear Bears. It's on mm-hmm. Cartoon Network. I don't know if you've seen it, but yeah. like just We the, Bear Bears. Yeah, the uh, themes of that show were so adult oriented that it's it's bizarre and baffling that it's aimed directly at kids. You know, yep. uh, dating, it's Adventure and Tinder, Time too. I think. Adventure Time's a lot. Like I'm that. just gonna say Adventure Time, and I'm still waiting for episode two of Distant Lands fucking HBO Max. They don't release it weekly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, well, like, so the other one I was going to talk about was on HBO Max. It was the one I was watching when you came in here, Chris. It's, I forget the name of it, uh, but it's from the, the folks at Regular Show, and it's basically about a middle-aged couple raising their 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 young daughter, and it's like they're holding on to like their youth, yep. but they're also trying to be responsible parents, and it's kind of like, oh, it's called Close Enough. That's the name of the show. And it's I'll just like check that out. It's just like it's meant for kids, but it's so like hard edge line to the adult side of things yeah. that it's it's kind of bizarre and then you, know? you have like rick and morty and solar opposites which are clearly yeah. not meant for any yeah. children not at all man right. and you know there's there's a lot of adults that don't even get that humor it goes over a lot of people's head because even though it's it's abrasive it's also very smart yes well i wouldn't expect anything less from dan Harmon because <laughs> community is yeah. one of my favorites so now as coming into sort of the new guy into this room because Brian and Johnny both know you. Where can people see the series that you have? Oh, well, so you could just go to uh, youtube.com slash poet 
icon music and all of season one is already there right now um i haven't um so i'm i'm just probably at the end of pre-production for season two um so i haven't filmed a trailer or anything like that but you can definitely go to youtube and watch it or you could just go to poeticonmusic.com poeticonmusic.com now is this um because I, I mean, I have passions like going to the Disney parks and talking about it, and uh, I do community theater in my spare time too. But yeah, they, none of that pays. I get one cent per listen on Anchor. Anchor FM <laughs> is a sponsor. Um, is this a career for you, or is there this more of a passion, and you have a career as a as something else? Well, it's it's both. Um, you know, I think. And you probably encountered this all, all of us probably have. If you're a creative person and you ever have that dream that you want to make it a career or, or a life goal, there are, the majority of the people around you are not going to support that because they think it's not a realistic goal. And so everyone, first thing they'll do is, be, oh, yeah, I love what you're doing. I love what you're doing. But, hey, you should really you should have a job that will pay for this and that. So I'm in that position where I've, I've got this long-term career that I've been in, which is sales. And I've always been wanting to, to make entertainment a career, but it wasn't until, well, for one, it wasn't until Hit Record came around that I realized there's a, there's a process behind creating artwork, and it's not just whenever you're inspired. You can actually create like a workflow to making artwork. Um, and then after years being with them and seeing that I can be successful in a venue that is very difficult to be successful in, I, I thought, well, hey, why have I not, why have I never even tried my hardest to make this a career? And so I guess the, the long way around the question is I have a, a career with, you know, with a nine to five job, but I am constantly and actively trying to turn entertainment into my one and only career, which is why both of them take up almost as much time in my life every week. And eventually one one of them's going to get the boot, and I'm hoping it's sale. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I was actually, that was kind of leads me yeah. to my next question here, is that um, some people, what they'll do is they'll they'll be motivated strictly by creativity. Some people will be motivated by getting out of their dead-end job. I know Brian's very motivated to get out of his job to make this kind of a more full-time career kind of thing. Is that the same for you, or would you say that you appreciate your job and it's just kind of like something to pay the bills so that you can focus on your creativity and the things that motivate you, or are you just more creativity driven where you just need to expel the creativeness from your body and kind of get it out there? Both again, I've, um, so I've got, I've got a wife and I've uh, a son. He's three years old. I have another son on the way in November. Congratulations. I had no idea, dude. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Breaking news Um, here. So I, I have to, I have to have a stable job. Right. And, you know, when I was with Hit Record, the, the most, the best payday, payout I've ever received for any of my creative works was um, an LG cell phone commercial that I shot on site in LA. And I think for possibly half a second of screen time and one to two days in, in LA, which really just felt like a, a, a vacation to me. I got paid seventeen thousand dollars. Yeah, man, my God. And I thought, like you know, if you can line up a few of those per year, you'll be set. But yeah. it wasn't. But that was that was in twenty eighteen. No, um, twenty seventeen when that happened. 
And I haven't had a big big payout since. And that commercial so. is on all the time, too. It's funny that, you know, I, I remember seeing that commercial was burned into my memory because Joe Gordon-Levitt was all about it, and he was really pushing hit record. And then when you mentioned that you were part of that commercial, it was like, oh, my God. Like, I completely remember that. And it makes sense that you got such a great payout on it because it actually got so much airtime. It ran all the well, time. Well, there, there were three of them. There was the LG V10, V20, and the V30. The V10 was everywhere. And you saw my face clearly on that because I was in the elevator and the shot was, was like straight on at my face. Mm-hmm. The second commercial, the only thing you see are my hands. So no one will notice me in there. Right. Um, the third commercial, I'm sitting on a park bench with Joe and a few other people. Just looks like I'm beatboxing, which is what I'm doing. But you see me for a fraction of a second. But because I was on site, I had to be paid like a Screen Actors Guild member. And so that's, you know, that's so I got paid. Even for the hands, too? No. For, so the hands, I think I got paid something like seven grand for. Okay. The, the, um, the first one in the elevator, I think I got something like four grand for. Yep. Um, so they've, they've just they've increased. But since then, it was like I... I hit a uh, plateau with them that I haven't quite been able to get over. Yeah, you know, I don't know if you remember my younger cousin from Comic-Con, Roger, but uh, he did some stuff for Hasbro and same thing. Like, he got paid higher for facial, facial, you know, recognition versus hand modeling and things like that. I think it's more, like, kind of in the face. Like, you're going to recognize someone's face versus somebody's hand. Right. So, like, you're almost like a face of the brand where someone's going to kind of remember your face. So if they're walking down the street, they're going to see you versus like no one's looking at your hands. Right. You know what I mean? Well, how come, how come the, the one bit, the one commercial where you clearly see my face in is the one I got paid the least for. That makes no sense. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> That's bizarre. That kind of goes against the, the, the typical rule of thumb. Now that actually reminds me of a story I heard from, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with, you know, Badger from Breaking Bad. So oh, if yeah. you watch Breaking yep. Bad, that actor who plays Badger, he was on a podcast. I forget which one, but he talked about doing Breaking Bad. And um, they asked him, it was like, you know, you know, the payout must have been great on that show. And he goes, actually, no. I got paid. He goes, I got paid more for doing a Midas commercial where he was in it for like seconds, like seconds versus the entirety of his time on Breaking Bad as this like sub character, you know, and that's just it blows my mind. Yeah. Matt I think it Jones. probably boils down to what you negotiate, probably, and, and how how valuable you are in the industry. And right now, I'm, I'm valued less. Like, uh, what I'm trying to do is is network with people that actually can make this thing happen. Because a lot of you know, I like I know a lot of rappers and musicians, and everyone's trying to tell me the route I should go as a rapper. Like, hey, you should find a, a marketing agent, or you should find an agent, or some company that'll push your music. You should try to contact these record labels, and I don't. I don't want to contact the rapper labels. I'm not, I don't fit in that mold of every rapper. Like you, you want to see a show with me and Cardi B, like it shit won't fit. Yeah. Like, I don't know any other products out there that are the, the same. And I, I, I feel like the best avenue is to pursue this as a show and talk to producers that make television shows instead of trying to talk to agents who, who put on rap concerts. Right. So that kind of like, now that you say that, bro, it's like, like Surrounded by Death specifically, that comic is, it's got a a tone and a vibe that's very specific to like early indie comics of the 90s. Yeah. In that regard, because like the anime, like the illustration on the inside, Joe Martinez, my, uh, my artist, that was like his first book. So the art isn't the best. 
But typically, indie guys now, if you're going to submit to a, a, a publisher, you know they're going to look for things like that. They're going to consider that to be unprofessional looking and yada yada and all that stuff. Whereas there but is it's an audience which I it's, like. Right, there is an audience of people who used to go after that kind of like obscure, like like look at all right. So here's a great example I like to give. Look at the pilots for Beavis and Butthead, The Simpsons. Um, yep. King of the Hill, all the animations very rough around the edges at first. Very it's good. only until that they catch, you know, they catch on. Does it improve because they actually, you know, invest a support. little bit? They get support and they invest a little bit more into it. And so I think that's that's really what I would hope for. I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to go the route of being a a rapper who puts on shows on stage, puts out albums, and no, I would love to do that. But you know, how how do I go about? pressing albums and going on tour and then still making this show because the show is really what I want to make. The show makes the music. I love the show. I'm just going to put that out there now. Um, So anytime you drop an episode, I pretty much stop what I'm doing just to to watch the episode. It's been a while. So, and then the other thing about the show too, though, is it, the great thing about it is that there's so many aspects to it. So exactly. not only is it like a show about like music, it's a show about how to make music, which like being, uh, in music myself and kind of playing around with music production, being a DJ and, and everything. Like I understand a lot of what you're saying. So a new person coming in and you explaining the song and how to break down a song with the chorus or a hook or any of that, just even like the backbeat of like what you need, it gives a run-of-the-mill person who's just coming in an idea. So if, if they're creative but they don't know how to go about it, you have already broken that down for them. So, you know, they have that next step to, you know, do what they want to do. And, and I hope that at some point I can learn to attract the advanced musicians as well but the reality is is that i i think the people that gravitate to me are the ones that are in the same boat the the ones that have some experience but they're they're expecting some problems to happen they would like to see some creative solutions and maybe just another perspective on on how to write a song or or how to record and it's one of the biggest reasons why i don't focus too much on the recording side because i'm not really a competent engineer and, and even with the equipment that I have, I can't really do sound uh, like mastering and editing properly. So I've been focusing on the, the writing techniques and the performance part of it. And hopefully, you know, as I grow, I'll learn more. And I think that will attract people of similar similar skill level. Sure. I, and I think that only comes with time and recognition, right? You just kind of have to keep chipping keep pushing, away yeah. And, yeah, until, you, until you reach that. But the other thing I really like about it is that, you know, you said earlier that you go to YouTube for your DIY for, you know, making beer and things like that. Well, anybody who really wants to be like, you know, get into rap or hip hop or music production, music, music production, they, you know, now you are that outlet for them. Yeah, you're their DIY. You know? Dude, you know, rappers especially are very proud of, of songwriting and I've noticed that like when I first started I tried to advertise myself as being a ghostwriter but you know rappers don't ever want to admit that someone else wrote their lyrics for them even though you know realistically we know that it happens like you you know that song um uh going down for real by Flo Rider yeah you know how many people are credited with writing that song take a guess 12 7 1 14 Wow. Jesus, I was close. Yeah. I went with the yeah. prices right. It's like 
I just imagine these people in, in a room like, all right, what should we do? Lift it. Pop it. Yeah, Wait a minute. Yeah. Um, shake it? No, I don't, I don't know how I feel about the shake it. I do like to drop it, though. What should we do? And it's like, let's, let's take it to a vote. And like 14 people came together to write those ridiculous lyrics. Yeah, it's almost and like whatever, putting like a bunch of kids in the room and just getting their opinion. Yeah. So not to criticize Linkin Park as a band, but I remember when I was interning for a, a local Boston radio station back in the day, like around, you know, 99, that era. Right when Linkin Park was coming out. Right when they were coming out. Uh, one of the DJs had an inside track with the studio because, you know, he was receiving the singles and things like that. And he confirmed that Linkin Park was assembled by a bunch of lawyers to make money. And it's just like, that feels, I mean, they're great for people who like them or whatever, but that felt so disingenuous when I heard that. Yeah. I'm like, man, that they're manufactured. They weren't a bunch of guys. The band. Yeah. They weren't, they weren't a bunch of guys in a garage, you know? I've never been in a band, but I know that most bands break up and get back together. And like anyone who, like a lot of people that are a popular drummer or guitarist, they've probably been in several bands before they got to the one that was popular. I don't really mind them being put together by a bunch of lawyers. I'm I'm kind of glad that they did because they made some good songs that I can enjoy. <laughs> right, right. So yeah, to that yeah, regard, exactly. it, it worked out. I'd say, but like I don't know. I kind of felt like you know, there's a certain charm to like the people who got together. They played in a garage. They played at small clubs, and now all of a sudden they're playing bigger events. You know, they they kind of paid their dues to That's get the there. Nirvana experience. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. I guess the paying of the dues, you know, yeah. you have to, yeah. I, I assume, and maybe I'm wrong here that, you know, being assembled by a bunch of lawyers, you probably have some pull and, you know, you're playing 10 K venues out the gate. Yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? Well, that, that pull, I think that, that assumes either that they didn't work to get that pull or, or that they had to work to get that pull. So like, if if anyone says like man how did how did Matt get into this uh, that song that um, Project Power song and like oh he's because he knows Joseph Gordon Levitt like I don't know Joseph Gordon Levitt but this this avenue is provided to me and I and I took it yeah absolutely. get somebody could consider that pull yeah no I wouldn't want to discount your actual ability or whatever no not, like, not, not uh, saying me but in in general yeah. in general it's, yeah, it's yeah. like a lot of it's hard to to say how much they went through to get to that moment where the lawyer wanted them into the band with Lincoln Park. Right. And uh, being, you know, inside of music myself, I must say that I, I love your writing style and how you deliver things. I, uh, I, um, thank you. I'm not used to a lot of compliments, so thank you. Um, but my, my writing style, I think sometimes I just try to jam a lot of, fill, not maybe not syllables, but, all right, so when when you listen to a drum kick, right, like a kick snare, yeah. kick snare, that's that's one bar, right? Yep. Or or one sentence, as you would, and and I look at it and I think about like, I know that the last word of that bar is probably going to have to rhyme with the last word of the next one, yes. but every other word in between there, it could be really basic, like in the seventies and the eighties. There, it really was just that last word that rhymed. But yeah. you know, you get to speed rappers and stuff like that, and I re- you realize that it sounds fast because there's just more syllables in the words that they're saying. Exactly. And it's really this just a pattern, and you can create whatever pattern you want. They just have to repeat, and you're going to throw your rhyming words in at key spots of that pattern. And there's just there's like at least eight opportunities 
or at least four opportunities in every bar and from the way I look at it so to rhyme a word. Yeah. Yeah. I like how all the songs that I've listened to off the top of my head, um, even some of your lyrics for, you know, that one, you know, four bar kind of thing, every word, you know, one sentence almost rhymes, which I like personally. And I also think most of your rhymes itself is more of a story than you just kind of trying to throw words together to make them rhyme. Yeah. I, I think I, perhaps I overthink my lyrics as well. Cause I, I try, I don't want it to, I don't want to, to, to rap something that I, that I am unfamiliar with, or at least I can't imagine. And I think a lot of times since I'm not, I mean, the mainstream rappers talk about the, the random, the, yeah, like drug, sex, um, wealth, yeah. power. And, and, you know, those, those always sell. Like if you, if a surefire way to make a, a hit song is does, does it make women want to shake their butts? Uh, does it make young kids feel tough? It's like that's that's always going to be a hit if you can do both of those things. Yeah. But if you do one or the other, it's usually a success. Yeah. And I'm I'm not really that that type of rapper either. I feel like when I when I write, it's usually coming from a place of whatever is happening in my head. And yeah, I'm a dad and, I, and a regular guy, so and, you know, it's probably you know, one day I'm probably going to write a rap song about shopping at Lowe's. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or going to Home Depot. You know, just listening to your album, you kind of get that that feel too. Like you're, you know, a regular guy who does regular things. Like all your songs there, um, I think that album with uh, Mind Feels, you know, different song, and each one, you know, connected to a different person at whatever time because it was a different style of music, but almost the same. Yeah, they're they're the same, and that that each of them was like a random. Like if you were to take every genre of music like thousands of songs and put it on shuffle every every song would have a different feeling or you might think like like suddenly a classical song comes on and then it's a hard rock song and then it's some japanese j-pop song and then it's this hip-hop song it's like there really isn't any continuity except for the fact that there isn't continuity that that you can expect that the next one will be something different even though that yeah which i liked about your uh your song jaded there was you know, you didn't really have that the chorus uh, for the song Jaded. It was just a, almost like a different riff. You know, you had the guitar riff. It was more like the rock bass for, you know, which replaced the chorus. And then the next verse, you had your verse. And then the chorus came in and, you know, thinking it's going to be that like 80s rock kind of, you know, chorus, you end up playing like a harmonica or, or something like that, which, you know, I loved. I love a good excuse to play the harmonica. I'm not really very good at it, but you know, I can, I can at least keep up. And that, that beat was so, was simple enough that it allowed me to do some improving, which was fun. Yeah, and I love it's the, cool. Like whenever I perform that, the I, crowd always yeah. looks bewildered. I love the beat too. It has like that old, like it has like a country vibe and Bob Dylan, you know, kind of mixed in. And then it has like that backbeat of the hip hop. This is the best description ever. <laughs> <laughs> the best description ever. That's well, absolutely what it is, though. Yeah, yeah I loved it. Uh, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I totally loved it. And then it also came on your "Death of the Salesman" album, and it was a little different, but I still loved it. Yeah, the "Death of the Salesman" that's the original version. Oh, is that, it? That, yeah. Okay. That, that's a way older version, like super old. Um, and that's how, so, uh, uh, sneak peek for season two, you got six 
songs given to you at the end of season one. There will be 24 songs in season two. Hot damn, boy. Wow, you're working. Hot. You are working, my friend. Yeah, well, see, here's the trick. Um, six of them will be brand new original songs. Okay. Six, six more will be remixes of, of older songs that I, that I have created. So same lyrics, but repackaged with a new instrumental or, or new uh, presentation of it. Almost like a, like a different remix, like a, an Afro kind of style or like a jazzy style or something like that. Well, kind of think about what I did with Jaded. Now that you know the what the original sounds like with yep. that kind of piano ballad, see, I flipped it to that folk Bob Dylan yep. hip hop song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there'll, there'll be six of those. Oh, there lovely. are also going to be 12 covers. Oh. And the covers are going to be fun because um, season two is a musical in that the covers are, are like in a, in a musical, there's never really a reason the person breaks in the song. It just happens, you know, and everyone just accepts that it's part of life that you're just singing, you know. So within season two, key parts of the story are told by cover songs, um, either by me or the puppets. Like there, one of the characters is uh, her name is Zephyrin, and she's she's the only one of the characters who has powers, but she's got a lot of powers that we won't really explore fully yet. But she has a a way to like curse you to make you sing a song by like planting it in your head, and so there's like a few times where she does that to me, and and I end up having to sing a song that's uh, essentially it's related to the theme of the of the month, you know, like. You're probably saying too much, but hey, that's how it's gonna work. Well, but but we love spoilers. Spoiler. Yeah, yeah. Be, well, I can always send this to you after, and you can tell me, you know, what to edit out and what not to edit out. So, oh no, I'm I'm not worried about that. It's not. Like oh, okay, okay. The idea, but like the next, the, so of those those twelve cover songs, six of them will be instrumentally done. Like I'm just gonna take that actual same beat that that was created on, and I'm just gonna rap over it. And the other six are going to be acapellas, which will be recreated entirely vocally. That's awesome. So that's going to be fun. Man, what a yeah. tease. So, that, so and that's the thing is like, it's, it's like, I want to call you a hip hop artist because you do like a lot of rap and rhyming, but like the music is way more than just hip hop. It's, it's, you know, like for example, one of my favorite songs on the, on the, on the album is start over. And oh yeah, you know what I mean. See, that Chanel has the most beautiful voice. That's what it is. Her voice really ties the whole yeah. thing together it's, beautifully. It's more of like that R and B kind of ballad that kind of like comes in and like hooks you. But it also complements his lyrics nicely yes. as well. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's like a good balance, you know. Ch- Chanel is she's um, she's an Irish girl with bright red hair. <laughs> she's the sweetest lady, and like you just her voice is so clear and stunning and perfect. It's like, I could never figure out how she just holds the note. It seems so effortless for her. And I was just kind of captivated by her voice from the first time I heard it. And I've worked with her a few times. It's always really cool. So when you pick your collaborators, I mean, are these individuals that you picked up along the way through hit record or have people reached out to you through the YouTube? Like how do you typically go about finding people to collaborate with? Well, in season one, it was almost entirely people that I had known through my like six years of tenure with Hit Record, so that was that. Um, but as far as like vocalists and other rappers, really, I I'm not super picky. If if you have the ambition to do it and and you're and you 
when you've got the time, like everyone can put out a good verse at some point. So I think we, if we just get on the same page, we can come up with something cool. Very cool. Now, have you had people approach you since putting up the show that have wanted to collaborate? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there are a few people that I've met on Instagram after releasing season one are going to be featured in season two. Very awesome. cool. It's, uh, um, but the instrumentals for the for the original songs, uh, unfortunately, I, I didn't have the luxury of, of hit record to produce those instrumentals. One of the great things about hit record is that if you imagine like a giant bucket of Legos and you can just do whatever you want to, you can make whatever you want with it. That's, that's what it is. It's a giant think tank. I didn't have the advantage of that think tank this time around. So I had to pay for instrumentals. I had to like go to places where producers make beats and sell them. And I had to license some beats and that's a, a cost that, I, you know, I, everything I've done is out of pocket and people tell me like, you should do like a go-go uh, or, like, you know, one of those fundraising campaigns. Indiegogo or Kickstarter kind yeah. of thing, right? Well, it's not a bad idea. I just, you know, if I, I wouldn't pledge any, a single dollar if there wasn't anything in it for me. And the promise of a TV show on like a show on YouTube coming out is not enough for me. So I want to have some merchandise to, to basically say like, Hey, if you pledge this much money, you get this t-shirt or you like, I want to do some vinyl records, which I think will be kind of cool. I love the vinyls. Yeah. I must Me say. too. I want to yeah. do a limited, just like yeah. 50, maybe even 30. Cause it's not, it's not super cheap uh, to do. No. And to be no. honest, like, I don't even know if I would sell 50 of them. So I, but, yeah, I would say definitely start small. But, and uh, next time you're looking for an instrumentals, I do know a couple people who could probably hook you up uh, just off the top of my head. I am always looking for instrumentals, so I will take that hookup. Uh, I also think that, uh, I mean, ideally you um, kind of manifest the inspiration wonderfully. If, if that's a kind of a, if you kind of get, catch my grip there, it's like you, you really know how to translate the thoughts in your head and the things that you're looking to do, it sounds like, onto a finished product that is really cohesive. And I know a lot. And that's of cre- what I, that's what I always worry about. <laughs> well, I think well, I- my next point was that I think a lot of creators struggle with that. So I was actually, I was hoping to get just a little touch into that real quick, not to deviate, but like just what makes you as a creator? Like, you know, some people, if they go, they're writers, they'll go to sit down, they need like a glass of wine or a cup of coffee or a smoke at the table next to them. Is there anything specifically for you that helps motivate you or, you know, things that uh, kind of help guide you as a creator? Uh, Motivation wise, I would say um, my motivation has always just been live, live your passion and your dream. I want to create music and make movies and make television and and have fun making art. And I want that to be what pays the bills and provides for my family. That's my motivation. As even, far as like a... Even that's <laughs> inspiring. That's insp- it's to, to those of us who... I don't have a family, but I do... Well, I mean, I've got a mother and a cat. Um, I want to quit my job <laughs> now, so... Yeah, and, and to kind of peek behind the curtains, Brian and I work for the same company. And we both want to quit our jobs. Yes. And I'm probably a little further than he is on quitting our job, because I already have my two weeks written. I'm just waiting for the right day to hand it in. To hit enter? The, the right the right fuck you moment. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what I'm waiting for. Because um, yeah. I don't... Same thing, I don't... Just good. Like when, uh, when Homer quit the, the power plant and uh, played... Uh, <laughs> played mr burns head like a bongo on the way out yep yeah and then like literally burn the bridge <laughs> yeah I, I love that he makes a simpsons reference yeah, that's, yeah, a, yeah. that's a lost art nowadays oh yeah um yeah. as well process wise it 
it's just a matter of, of me being able to organize my thoughts because I, I'm just like action packed with ADD. And I think, and sometimes that could be a, the, the reason why I'm so creative, but it's also a, a, this monster that you always have to tame. Yep. And I, uh, I find it best to work in the morning when there's less distractions. Um, but once you get into a pattern, I have to find a way to break the pattern because then I'll start to get stale and I'll start to space out in those times as well. But you just make, I, I take copious notes. Like the, the pre-production part for season two basically came about me saying, all right, what do I want month one to, what do I want to happen in month one? Okay, that's what I'm going to happen. Okay. So what's happened in month two? This is like the, the most high level uh, way I could be. And then I have to start breaking down. Okay. Well, if this happens in month one, how does that happen? And I start getting more and more granular and details about it. And that ends up informing what happens in season in month two or three or four or five. You just, you know, you give yourself as much um, data to work with as many bricks that you can to, to work with so that you can organize them into something beautiful or something fun to, to watch. I, d- I definitely think that uh, ADD and self-doubt kind of ride the shoulders of any creative individual to certain extents. And I think kind of like the, the, it's how you, how the next response, how you manage that is kind of how well of a creator you can be. Correct. You should see the folders, folders of data I have. (laughs) I can only imagine the notes. It's crazy. Cause so there's, there's once I, I figured out what I was going to do, then I had to, write scripts i had to once the script was written i had to start documenting um where every location is for filming so that i can arrange a filming schedule i have to arrange um times for voice actors to come and record stuff i have to have the music recorded and mixed and mastered by a certain time so that it can be printed to vinyl and go to the online stores to print t-shirts and all of this stuff just if i don't find a way to organize it none of it will ever happen you know you can't just Say I want, I want this TV show to be made. You have to create actionable steps for the TV show to be made. And unfortunately, if you ever want to, if you ever want to make money from that, you have to engage the audience and find things for them to want to invest in. So that's why you need the swag and the merch and the other stuff. So it's just it's a lot for one person to do. And I think I've done an okay job so far. But it would be so awesome if like you know, Cartoon Network or Adult Swim or Disney or Netflix or Hulu was like, here, Matthew, here's this crew and here's a boatload of money to make this the right way. I don't even need a boatload of money. I need to be able to pay a few puppeteers, some good voice actors, and rent a soundstage so I don't have to film this in my basement anymore. Amen to that, man. Yeah. Uh, I think we all will take a drink to that because you just preached for every single person in this room. Cheers. I'll drink to that. <laughs> for sure yeah and it's also because I, I work for Getty I, I've since realized how illegal the show is as far as like the licensing of, of content and intellectual property like every poster in the background I need the approval of the artist I need the approval like the artist who drew it the approval of the studio who created the movie and any actors or actress appearing in it, all of those people need to give their permission for that image to be appearing in the background of my shot. And it doesn't, it's not going to happen. That, well, that would be for monetizing the episodes though, right? Like if you were but, to uh, just say, I, 
put it out there casually, like as like a document documentation of your life or whatever, without charging for it. Technically, that you can get away with that, though, can't you? Um, no, I can monetize them as well, and I can still get away with it. Um, I, I suppose that at some level they they would take notice and be like, "Here's how much you owe us," and here's another slap in the face so that you don't think of doing it again. But you know, you could I could just license the images. Um, but like when the show is made professionally, what's going to happen is that all of the, the Mondo posters, the, you know, bottleneck posters, all of these things that I've collected and I've loved, we're going to have to either find a way to license that to be in the background, which really isn't an expensive license to pay for. Um, or we just have to create new original art for the background, which is really what I would prefer. I can get you um, some re- of that too. So <laughs> That's that's the way that that's the way to do it because that's how the I feel like the ecosystem expands it or becomes more inclusive of other nerds like us is you know well I need original art in the background I want it to be of like it can't it can't be of Iron Man because now we would need Marvel's permission but it can be of the puppets or certain things scenes that have happened in in the previous shows like there can be original art that pertains to the show and to the into to the characters and creators that would be fun to watch or fun to, to see in the background. And that way you don't have to pay for licensing. You just pay a one-time fee to the artist who created it and you're off and you're good. And I'm sure most indie artists would probably just be happy to donate their art to having it used in the background. Yeah. I'll, they- yeah, but they, they deserve to be paid as well. I mean, I'm not making any money from this show last, last year. I think I, as far as the cost that it takes to, to list the music and any advertising that I've done, I definitely lost money. Um, and this year, if I don't figure out a way, I, like I'm probably not going to invest a lot in like YouTube or Instagram marketing without a, a plan on how to do it effectively. But just creating the content, I'm already down a few hundred bucks, and record sales sure as hell ain't going to get me that deficit. Uh, probably though. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I can share with you a little, uh, a few tutorials I pulled from online for you know, Facebook marketing and ad marketing and YouTube marketing, things of that nature. I would love that. Yeah, Absolutely. All the yeah, just hit me get. up offline for that one. And uh, mm-hmm. I'll even, you know, I could share it myself. Me promoting you is just a easy click of a button. Sweet. Yes, I will take that as well. <laughs> I wish I had something to offer to you aside from more music. Hey, man, I will you, happily do. you wear my shirts in your YouTube videos and you do the intro and outro of my show. So How's that? I think I owe you money versus. Yeah, you. same here, man. Like one of the videos you did, you like rip open your shirt like Superman to show the Surrounded by Death logo. Like that's one of my favorite things. If I could turn that into a GIF, I would. Which is the okay. intro of the show, which is Minefields. Is it the Minefields video? Yeah. I forget, but yeah, I was just, yeah. I was so jazzed by it. I'm like, look yeah. at this. This is dope. Because he showed me that video and I was like, oh my God, this is exactly what I wanted for my intro. <laughs> I feel like I'm the only one that hasn't sent you a t-shirt. Dude, I really hope I can pull off season two. I've, I've, I've created a couple of, like one video is elaborate as hell and it's going to require a whole lot of extras. And like, it's not a tough thing for me to find a location i already have a location in mind that'll that'll suit it and i know the people they'll probably allow me to shoot there but um i need a lot of extras and pay i probably that's another thing that's going to cost money because i have to be able to 
you know, compensate these people for coming out to this location. So my thought was like, I'm going to brew a, a shitload of beer and I'm going to just throw a, a, a free barbecue, like come over, come oh. on over. You can get drunk and, and have some food on me. All you have to do is just use that energy to stumble around like zombies for a little while See, and you, let me film. You sold, if I live closer, you sold me at just being the extra for you. You sold me at barbecue, man. <laughs> and then, you, then you, th- you threw in beer and barbecue and I was like, man, I need to move to to closer to you just so I can have that yeah. the beer and the barbecue. So that's one of the things that really bummed me out about missing Comic-Con this year. If, just, if I can speak personally for a moment is that I get to see Matt and Mark once a year and that's at Comic-Con. So, and, that, yeah. I'm, and, and that's if Matt can make it that year, if I'm lucky. So it's like, yeah. you know. So next time you see him, I'm going to send you with a <laughs> nice glass jar. And I'm going to send you one of my t-shirts to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So well, I'd be happy. To, I'd be happy to haul that for you guys. Hopefully in 2021. Except for I might have to. Well, I'll be I might have to, to drive because I don't think you could send this through the mail or get it through the airport. Oh yes. Oh, oh I wow. have. I get them through the airport all the time. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I, and I know he has too. Actually, I know. I for oh. for a fact, I've known he's done this. I got some. Uh, I got some hooch that I would love to uh, send you, but I'm probably gonna have to bring it. To you, did the yeah? I, I in my uh, adventures in in home brewing and distilling, I have um, a beer that I've always, that I always wanted to try was this beer called Tactical Nuclear Penguin, and I, I found it once, and the bottle was a hundred bucks, and wow. I bought it because we I just had to. It's the only place I've ever found it, and I haven't found it since. But it's an imperial stout that is thirty two percent alcohol. Wow! It, wow. It's it's so. It was so delicious, but it was such a small bottle. But I, I found out how it's made. It's called freeze distillation. And you can pretty much do this with any commercial beer. If you got like a stand-up freezer or any really freezer that's big enough to hold like a two and a half gallon jug, you can just pour like a 12 pack of your favorite beer. Like I would go with a, a strong beer, like a 10% beer or something like that. Like um, you ever had a, a Yeti? Yes. So, so, yeah. So get a 12 pack of that, which won't, won't be cheap. Um, but pour all of those in a big jug um, that has enough space for it to expand because you're going to freeze that whole jug. And the reason why you do this is because the alcohol won't freeze in that temperature. The the water and the sugars mostly will. So once the, the jug is frozen, if you turn it upside down, slowly all the alcohol will drain out of it into another jug that you've set up underneath it. And that's basically how it, it's created. It's basically freeze distillation is just freezing the water out of the beer so that you can just concentrate the alcohol. That sounds deadly. Sounds yeah. just like my so hooch. One of the first times I did it, I did, um, you ever had a uh, mad elf around Christmas time? Yes, I have. I, I have yeah. not. And I fell asleep right after. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I did it. I did the same exact thing that I described to you. And I distilled 12 bottles down to three. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, Holy I drank shit. one of those. I drank one of those bottles by myself. You were done. And like oh, halfway through the bottle, I was like, yo, I am feeling this. But I was like, I can't put it away now. The bottle's open. I, I can't uh, let it go. And I drank yeah. the rest of the bottle. I was fucking hammered. Yeah, hammered after buddy. one bottle. I, had, I ordered a flight one time, and I put the Mad Elf inside of the flight, and I saved the Mad Elf for last. And after I drank the Mad Elf, because, you know, on the flights, they're what, like four ounces? Maybe About. A, a three ounce. You know, glass roughly my god man did i want to fall asleep on the way home i tell you that <laughs> yeah it's a strong beer i think that one is 11 
Yeah, it's like eleven, so like you, eleven five. And when you distill it like that, it, you multiply it by three or four. So that beer that I drank was it was nearly forty percent alcohol. <laughs> um, but I I didn't test it, but it was it was strong. Yeah, yeah, my hooch is up there. My hooch is up there. So I'll uh, have to find a way to send you some of that. I will happily drink it. <laughs> So, um, like, I guess aside from the show, do you have any other projects in the in the pipeline or anything else in your future that you kind of wanted to promote or talk about? Um, well, I'm I'm trying to get this uh, a verse into that uh, that Project Power album. Um, that's happening right now. My fingers are crossed, but I can't really promote it because that's something that Hit Record is doing. Um, but if I were to promote it, I would say go to hitrecord.org. The collaboration is happening for about, I think, five more days. And you can actually still be a part of it by contributing your verses, your writing, your singing, even video and photography. So it's a good opportunity. If you are a creative person, you should give it a try. Um, for myself, it's really, I'm just, uh, I'm trying to, to finish, really get the show started for season two. After I kind of got over that COVID hump, I tried my best to put this in a, in a package that I could start trying to shop with networks and talk to producers. And so my attention right now, I feel like is divided between trying to network with these people who could give me money to make the show. And also with me just making the show with what I've got. Um, so it, that next stage for me is recording audio, uh, like uh, recording music. As you can tell, there's plenty of that to, to go around. And then, then I can start filming. And hopefully, while I'm recording music, maybe I bump into somebody influential enough that can produce the show the way it really is meant to be done. That's that's awesome. That sounds like a pretty good game plan you've laid out for yourself. Yeah, got to execute. Yeah, that's what's happening. So right now, like you'd be surprised. I'm talking to people on Netflix that I not Netflix, uh, people on LinkedIn that I never thought I would be able to reach just because I. I just tried like, like the vice president of, of product of like the vice president of production for Lucas films, um, voice actors. Uh, like I, I talked to the, to, um, like a former executive producer for CBS. Like he was working for CBS for 25 years. And really all that I had to do was just reach out and say hello. And eventually one of these people will, will see something I've done and maybe that, spark something in them that says this is this is worth it you know so hopefully that actually does happen it's just a matter of trying hell yeah man what else can you do yeah yeah yeah. so we we've had you for a little over an hour i feel like that kind of flew by um i don't know how much time you do have but we definitely want to bring you back on for another another episode i would love to uh, my Guinness is finished and I got to <laughs> yes. put my uh, son to sleep now if he isn't already. So I probably should go right, um, on. But right would... on. But yeah, we definitely want to thank you for, for coming on. I'll have to send you some more, some more gear. Well, if I can just get mushy for a moment here, man, I think, um, you know, meeting you and your brother, I'm just blessed to just know you guys. You're very creative and you guys are just wonderful friends. And uh, you guys have always been supportive of my endeavors as I try to be for your endeavors as well. Um, yeah. And same thank, here. Thank cause, you. Cause thank I, you. You know, I kind of connected with you through, you know, Johnny here, you know, with you sending up the, uh, 
the minefields video with the surrounded by death shirt. And I kind of just gravitated towards that and just kind of latched on and never let go. Well, I hope there is tons of more opportunities for me to drop your Easter eggs in the background and, and do things together creatively and, or just, just hanging out and being friends. That's, I'm a friend for life, so. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely down for the beers when I make it down to your area, so you can count on that because I've got some hooch in the back of my trunk for you. <laughs> well, if I don't have any beer made, I know plenty of places that make good beer, so we'll go there. That's well. all that matters, as long as there's beer. So we're... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, guys. All right, man. Hey, we thank you for coming on, my it, it was good talking and, to you, uh, man. And yeah. be- before you head out, do you have anything you want to you know, like plug for, you know, social medias for people to follow you on. Uh, yeah, I tried in my, um, my OCD brain to keep everything streamlined so that it was easy to find me. So you could go to just, you know, I, the worst, I love my name, Poeticon, because it sounds like a Transformers name, but it's <laughs> yes. really hard for people to <laughs> yes. understand what I'm saying. So I always say Poet Icon. So if you want to find me, you can go to poeticonmusic.com or YouTube slash Poet Icon Music or Instagram slash Poet Icon Music or Facebook slash Poet Icon Music. All of them will lead to me. Awesome. Amen. All right, guys. It's been a blast. Yeah, it's and been a I pleasure. I look forward to talking to you again soon. Hell yeah, man. We'll yep. have you back on for a part two and we could dive more into your uh, season two of the YouTube series. Now I'll try to make sure the uh, some of the voice cast is here to join me. Oh, that would be awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah we'll be looking forward to that, man. Hell yeah. All right. Well, so we plan in advance. I'll get them over. Hell yeah, awesome. man. All right, hey, guys. Good talking to you, brother. Pleasure meeting good you. Good talking to you. Take care. Later, Chris. Later, Johnny. Later, Brian. That was wonderful. Yeah, it was. That was absolutely lovely. That yep. was Dude, that flew by. I'm so sorry, Chris. That <laughs> why that killed your that, episode. No, no, but that was great because you know what? You were Most, actually here for that. More often than not, when we yeah. have a guest on the line, Chris is sitting there silently. <laughs> <laughs> so he actually got to engage, which oh, was yeah. great. Absolutely, yes, that, that was awesome. Yeah, I I just knew him as the guy who sang theme song to Brian's show. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the Matt, Matt's a great, great dude. Uh, always a friend. I love hanging out in San Diego with him. Um, yeah, it's just that she's just genuine. Yep. <laughs> I've been waiting for you to hit off yeah. one of those buttons on that thing <laughs> forever. Well, I didn't want to hit it on his show. Right, right, right. But with this one, I kind of have to like scroll through and type a thing. But My microphone smells like my basement. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. I'm sitting here like... What did that smell what is familiar? That? Oh, what it's is, this. Uh, yeah, yeah. What is that smell? Yes, I like that. Oh, yes. That's pretty cool. You have a little board there set up where you can just fire off music or like sound clips and shit. Yeah. yeah. It's a travel board. I love it. Yeah. I have to I love, love, love redo it. it. My laptop kind of went and shit the bed on it. Mm, okay. Yeah. That's the next investment and for all- Mass Mouse fans. So <laughs> everyone check out MassMouseFans.com. <laughs> Subscribe. Buy a t-shirt. Get your merchandise. Please. Yeah, I was lucky enough to get a uh, a nice blue mass mouse shirt. Yes, I know my girl, my lovely girlfriend. Oh, nice, very nice. Good times. Good times. <laughs> it was a. Speaking of which, it's she actually prop. she goes she goes make sure you tell the boys I say I love them. 
Oh, Wesley says hi. He doesn't love you guys, but he says hi. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, the unicorn hasn't texted me just because she knows I'm recording. She, yeah, she knows what's so up. So she yeah. doesn't text me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But nope. I'm going to say she says hi. <laughs> hi there. Hi, yeah, unicorn. You, just, you can only assume that that's actually the case. I'm just right? going to uh, I actually it. had to instigate the text to get one back because I think he knew I was recording tonight. Just oh, be like, hey, how's it going? Yeah, because yeah. usually he's the first one. Because I forget, right, right. And yeah. then in certain circumstances, when things are happening, you kind of have to check in just yep. to be like, hey, like, what's going on? Because you also know on the other side, like, other shits happening. Yep. Yeah, I know. Like, we're hey, on the same page right now. Who you doing? Who you Who you doing right now? Check in just yep. to be like, hey, like, what's going on? Because you also know on the other side, like other shits happening. Yep. Yeah, I know. I'm hey, on the same page right now. Oh, oh man, that's that's the quote of the day. <laughs> Sounds that's like the quote of the day. An echo. Sounds like deja vu. Hold on, set record real quick. Ready? What the hell? What the hell? <laughs> yes, yes, that's a good one. Save that one. Do you mean what the hell? <laughs> yeah, you do it. What way the hell? <laughs> you do it way better. I'm glad we have a good what one. What the hell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What the hell? Yeah, you know what? We should actually send some of these sound clips over to uh, Poeticon for a remix. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> It'd just be like... His father was like... That'd be crazy. What the hell? What the hell? What the hell? <laughs> what the hell? What the hell? What the hell? What the hell? <laughs> oh, that's fucking wild. Oh, we shouldn't have such wonderful no, toys. We should have should definitely not have these. We toys should not us. have so, such wonderful toys. This is the crazy thing about this board is I could just go like this. It's a trap. Well, hello, Oh, it's just it just goes ham. Yeah. It just goes hog wild. It goes crazy. Just like this podcast. Get over here. <laughs> that's wonderful. You hear me spitting out a poisonous ink I'm poisoned to think what I can do when I'm on the brink A back to the wall, a villain when I'm ready to brawl I'm killing, it's really, it's silly how I'm messing with y'all Speaking, it's easy, you see me coming through in the clutch now Duck down, profound sounds, dropping like touchdowns Cursing in verses like missing persons, you never find it Go and rewind it a second time if you need reminded But shit, a contradiction might better define it I'm grinding to sharpen the talent instead of bitching and whining Cultural finding the perfect pressure to press a diamond It's in your time and not what you wear when you say you're rhyming as far as i'm and i'll never make it to raise an island call me an island i'm solitary in my confinement forgive my elegant eloquence while i'm relevant carefully dismantle your status just for the hell of it heavy like an elephant desolate while i'm reckoning strictly just for the benefits evident in my devilment and now the residents fear the presence of melanin malevolent supremacists speaking venomous sentences forget the precedent get a taste of your medicine to tranquilize a dart to your face embrace the sedative